Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 54 of Radio Radar. This week on the show, it is freaking all Nintendo Switch all the time. Not really. We talk about other things, but we are very, very excited about the announcement of the new Nintendo system. We break down our reactions, our predictions on price, and a whole lot more. Then we move on to talking about Final Fantasy XV, which we've gotten a huge chunk of time with. Red Dead Redemption 2. X-Men's Logan, that new movie with Hugh Jackman, because he's still Wolverine after all these years. And one final word about a bizarre game called Rusty Lake. Listen on. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live how they want to live, play how they want to play, dance how they want to dance, cake in the slap, look for the Adams Family! The Adams Family! <laughs> Strong. Yeah. V Strong. Yeah. yeah. You didn't see that coming. I did not, I must admit. No one, no one sees the MC Hammer Adams Family theme. Adams coming. Family Groove. I actually feel like that came off the tongue really well, too. I, I, I thought about doing it slowly, and then I just ran no. right into it. No, you you hit it full force. Did we well. Go. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Radio Radar, episode 54. My name is Anthony John Agnello, senior social editor, and I bring you... This is, that's not a slow jam. That's a speedy jam. I mean, like, Raul Julia was personally a slow jam, but that song is just a jam. Uh, we have an all-star cast for you this week. We have executive editor Susan Arndt. Please stop saying spoopy. Oh. Is spoopy still a thing? It is. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid it oh, is. Yeah. Enough. Enough. Susan, did you see I put a plea out to the world last night? Indeed. I, I, I said, dear children, can you, all the adults are saying adorbs. So, <laughs> and so I'm can one you of please, them. please declare it uncool. So that we can all mercifully move the fuck on. Oh, they I'm say toast adorbs I... in Final Fantasy XV, so it's uh, not happening. That's, 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 we okay. might have officially hit uncool point. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, but totes adorbs, I feel like I, I feel like that has to stay. Uh, see, no, I want I want it to go away for a while. We're gonna take that. We're gonna take Spoopy. We're we're gonna take all the feels. We're gonna take all of these. We're gonna let okay. awesome go away. sauce. Oh and God! Awesome, oh. Yeah, Jettison right them out. into the sun. Okay. Yeah. Put put them in the sun. But then let's bring them back for the teens of like ten years from now when they want to ironically reappropriate it. Like, <laughs> like let's allow these things to fossilize. It'll be like when Boss had a resurgence in the mid nineties. Like how we all say rad now again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And okay. It'll, it'll all right. Fine. Uh, I'm on board with this. Uh, that, that person who is saying rad right now is none other than Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. Hey, I just woke up from my Battlefield 1 nap. I uh, hope nothing happened this week that was important. <laughs> <laughs> nothing happened. Nothing happened Don't worry. Don't worry about it. Okay. Don't worry about and it. And that guy right there who does the best Dave Roberts imitation I've ever heard <laughs> is Sam Prell. Sam, what's up, buddy? Hey, it's that boy. It's Dad Boy. Oh shit! What up? Oh shit! What up? <laughs> See, Dad Boy is a meme I can get behind because it's yeah, a dumb, goofy totally frog. Get. It's so yep. stupid. I just, I, I am not ashamed to admit, Dad Boy still makes me laugh because yep. it is mm-hmm. so stupid, and the Orly Owl still completely mm-hmm. cracks me up. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yeah. Every every single time, I will never get tired of the Orly Owl. Because he, he, like, it's the face. The exactly. face is timeless. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He goes, 
Yeah, he goes he goes for for all of the peoples for all of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this week, this week uh, kind of a slow week. Not slow a whole week. lot happened. Nothing just happening. Just kind of coasted, really. This is this is one of those until weeks it where, gave like, us the old switcheroo. Oh, you, oh my god! <laughs> I hate <laughs> you so much. It felt terrible doing it. Uh, I feel like Anthony just pulled a bait and switch on you. Oh, oh. shit! Oh, that's how you I'm Sam's fired, reliable okay. switch <laughs> switch hitter. <laughs> All right, we're. Let's okay. We're done, right? All the puns are out. Oh, we're system. done. We're done. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo. Also, Nintendo... I think it should be called the Click. Oh, uh, the Click. Well, See, here's... but think about all the the unsuspecting Googlers that are going to end up seeing the poster for that horrible Adam Sandler <laughs> movie, Susan. Oh gee. Oh God, you're right. That's terrible. Right? But wait. But instead, they're going to get uh, all the the poster for the terrible Ellen Barkin. Shit. <laughs> Yeah, right? there's no not I... if it's not if it's spelled C L I I C K. Oh no, the Nintendo no. Key. Oh, wait, no. no, 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 no. That age <laughs> is gone. It's done. The Wii is toast. It's over. All right, but let's let's back up and yeah. So let's let's talk about. We'll, we'll actually. I really do want to hear like more thoughts about the name. So this is the Nintendo Switch. Formerly known as the Nintendo NX, Nintendo finally revealed their... We've gone from 10 years ago when it was the, the four platforms. We had DS and Game Boy Advance and Wii and all the things. Now, the Nintendo future is one machine. It's going to be a home console that is also a portable console. It is a small device that... Think about, think about it like a very thin Wii U gamepad. But where where you know the sides with the dual analog six on uh, six the dual analog sticks on the right and left sides of the gamepad with the screen in the middle, uh, imagine you could just take those off, and each of them was two halves of a one controller like the nunchuck and Wii remote, or uh, they're uh, one controller that you can sync up to a middle thing and have it like a traditional controller, or they're two separate controllers that two people can play Mario Kart with, and when you're not carrying this thing around and just playing it on the on the LCD screen, they have confirmed that that is an LCD screen, and the screen is the hardware itself, according to Nintendo. They, all the guts and everything are in there. You put the cartridge games into that screen. When you're not carrying it around, there's a little... It looks like a book. It looks like one of those books that has like the center pages ripped out of it so you can hide something in it. It's like an open book that you can dock it in and then play those games on your television. That's also where it charges. Uh, we saw in the three-minute... Do we call it a sizzle reel? What are we calling it? What's the buzzword that marketers are using now, no, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a straight-up reveal trailer. It's just a reveal trailer. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So all the fashionable cool kids, uh, all, the, all the young millennials uh, were playing S Zelda Breath of the Wild... They were playing a new 3D Mario that was uh, clearly a successor to Super Mario 3D World. They were playing a Mario Kart. It's clearly not Mario Kart 8 uh, as it stands now because King Boo was a racer in it. We saw Skyrim, 
Which Bethesda refuses to confirm is coming out. Well, that's, I mean, that's Bethes- so Bethesda. That's a, I you love could, that. Pete Hines could be standing in front of a six-foot crate marked Fallout 5. Mm-hmm. Nope, you oh. have nothing to confirm. We're not making and, that. And you'd be like, hey, oh, hey, Pete, you guys are working on Fallout 5. I can't confirm that. Like, I mean, Bethesda <laughs> is, they're so good at that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's Bethesda. We, we saw NBA 2K, which I we have not seen 2K sports games on a Nintendo machine in 10 years now. It, it's been certain more than that, because it's been since the GameCube. Uh, and what else did we see game-wise? We saw Splatoon. Yeah. And I think yeah, that rounds it out. Splatoon game. With Splatoon, and you could see their whole Splatoon <laughs> getting the hot millennial eSports. Sports crowd in the end of that trailer because it was everything at once it was the esports teams and the hot fashionable kids the hot young professionals okay could you maybe uh, just stop harping on the millennial thing for like two seconds susan the models that nintendo gets for these commercials it's so silly looking and their their Every apartments are so time. lavish their apartments like, are nice i'm not gonna yeah, yeah. this is my it's thing. the apartments like, that we saw in the division yes <laughs> from the division and deus that's, ex that's what happens when when you let this millennial craze just keep going as you wind up with the division is that what yeah. you want nintendo it looked uh, susan i hate to keep harping on it but it looked like amelie in an ikea showroom and, and like it, it, <laughs> i'm not asking for like cinema verite in my nintendo trailers well i mean like, i mean you know and and are we saying that like microsoft and playstation commercials are any different oh no slightly no, 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 slightly no. more hoodies perhaps yes but sli- that's slightly more hoodies i like i guess i guess my thing is uh it's always like so weird to see what is uh, unnatural play conditions uh in these trailers you know like w- when it's everybody standing around at a barbecue and she just stops, and it's like, now we're gonna play Mario Kart together. Okay, it's just so here's unusual. my problem. But I take all that's besides the point. Okay, because the trailer does a remarkable job of saying, here is what this machine is, here is what it does, here is what you will be playing on it, and here are all of its functions, which Nintendo never does, never. And so it was nice to see that kind of clarity in it. Uh, are you guys excited about this machine? I Dave. Think- Dave Roberts. I am. Yes. Yes. Yes, I am. Okay, so... my The way that my life works right now is that, like, having a kid, having a wife uh, who, like, you know, they like to watch TV. They like to, they like to hang out. And if I'm playing a game on the TV, I am bogarting that entire thing. And they just kind of have to sit there and watch while I play whatever, if I'm, you know, doing a review thing or whatever, and they'll like, oh, that's that's fun, thanks for just kind of taking over. Um, so, having this machine, which provides, like, the console-quality games, like, even if they're a little less powerful than, say, even a PS4 or Xbox One, um, having that portability, having that ability to go, like, okay, I'm just going to take this machine and I'll play it on the couch, kind of like a Vita, but, you know, more powerful... Uh, that appeals to me greatly. Uh, and so having that as the selling feature of it, and it's just like straight, it's, it's just straight up like, look, it's a, it's a game machine. You play games on it like a human being. 
There, there's no waggle. <laughs> there's no. Well, there is waggle. I mean, there is. There's those the 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 Joy Cons. Yeah, but they, oh, they, they so were the things they that weren't waggling them around though, like Wii remotes. They were just using them like controllers. Yeah, but there is waggle. Is they there? Do have waggle functionality. Yes, you can waggle with them. But that's not the point. Right. But that's not the point. Yeah. And waggle is available, but it's not like you're. Yeah, it, we're not. It's not Steven Spielberg's Boom Blocks Redux. Right. They just they made right. a video game ass video game machine that you can take with you wherever you go. Um, it'll be interesting to see, like, because Nintendo's kind of confirmed that the 3DS is still going to be a core pillar going forward. But I'm wondering if that's only going to stick around in the same way that like the original DS had a Game Boy Advance port. Right. Uh, the reason why it had the Game Boy Advance port was because it's like, well, if the DS doesn't succeed, at least it still plays Game Boy games, we can still do that. So I'm wondering, like, if the Switch takes off, that they'll slowly kind of shut down. No way. Their... No yeah. way. No, no well, the, way. The, Absolutely so not. So the grand... So, Susan, they addressed this not at the thing yesterday, but when there was that last Nintendo Direct, mm-hmm. when they announced, like, Pikmin 3DS and all those... Mm-hmm. Nintendo Nintendo Japan released a statement that said we will be supporting the Nintendo 3DS through 2018. Mm-hmm. So that's their big declaration. Like it's it's gonna be around. Look, here's the thing. For a little bit. Okay. Well, then then whatever comes next, they are not gonna phase out that line completely. I mean, maybe it'll be maybe they will just permanently get rid of the 3D part because it's expensive and. It makes it heavier, and people don't really give a shit about it. But if you have three or four kids, or even two, you know, buying two DSs is a hell of a lot easier than buying two or three Switches, right? So I, I have a theory about this. All right. Uh, and I, I want to see what you guys think about this, is Nintendo has said flat out that they are merging their handheld and console development teams. Mm-hmm. You know, 2013, they merged together the hardware production teams, and that's the effort that's brought us the Switch. And now they're looking to have no boundaries between these are the people making 3DS games, these are the people making Wii U games. It's all just Nintendo games. I think that we are going to see the end of the DS and Game Boy line. Because what we're going to see now is they are going to split their development resources between here's our Switch support, here are the people making things for our machine, and here are the people making our mobile games. I don't... Your Super mm. Mario Run, your Pokemon Go. Because why, why continue to try and ask people to buy two pieces of hardware when that's put them in such a precarious position Dude, for over half a decade. Now. People the the their portable line has never put them in a precarious financial position. Their portable line prints money. Not anymore. The because original, the 3D original 3DS really floundered at start. It didn't it wasn't until the huge price drop and the new remodels and it started finally getting games, but like at launch the 3DS really struggled. Okay, well, well that's at launch. Let's talk about like right yeah, now. Let's talk about sure. right now. 3DS sales. 3DS sales are uh, they have increased in the past six months, but are trending down since 2013. It's why they released the new 3DS. Mm-hmm. It's why they finally released this year the 2DS in Japan, and they're just there. There's not a lot of juice in that line anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think by the time the th- if they're saying the 3DS is going to still be 
an active platform through 2018, mm-hmm. cost will come down on the Switch enough by then that it will be in a position to replace it. I think that yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense, especially if you think of their mobile efforts like Super Mario Run and Pokemon Go and all that sort of stuff as the replacement for as kind of the replacement for the mobile handheld. But they're not. Sure. I mean, they're they're completely. Well, they're not now. They're not, right. now, they're not now, and they're not for people like us. But think of the games that like the kids, the kids these days play. <laughs> oh, you mean like Monster Hunter? Well, the kids, or even even just, you know, Pokemon Silver, you know, poke like a a proper Pokemon game, right? But if the Switch is mobile, if the Switch is two hundred and fifty dollars by twenty eighteen, and they're already saying that there is there is a strong likelihood of a three hundred dollar launch price for Mm. this thing, so if we're looking at two fifty two hundred dollars by twenty eighteen. That's the exact same price as in That's true. 3DS That's true. when that came out. That's true. So, you know, if you need your Monster Hunters, there's your Monster Hunter. Yeah. And that's a much more attractive proposition for a publisher like Capcom. Sure. Who's going to say, like, oh, well, we don't have to make Monster Hunter four generations and Monster Hunter try right, right. for the home console at the same time. Right, right. Like, y- y- like this, that'll all break down. Yeah. Susan, so, so do you want one of these things? Do you want to play this machine? I do. I do. But I am... I am not a in a typical gaming situation in that I am a very dedicated mobile player. I play on my 3DS all the time. I play on my Vita mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I play on my tablet all the time. So the mobility of it is a huge appealing point for me. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the idea that I can start my game uh, before dinner and then bring it with me when it's bedtime. That's pretty great. It's pretty great. That is that of, of of much appeal to me. That is not a typical situation, I don't think. Um, yeah. And also, it, it, while I the few games that I like on the Wii U, I like a great deal. But man, they are few and far between. <laughs> so yeah. I I would very much like to be to get back into that ecosystem. And because the, the, the Wii U just never connected with me, it just never the, yeah. the the Wii U pad was always kind of a pain to hold, and there were some <laughs> games where you have to use it; you don't have a choice. So th- th- this morning, Susan, a a kid in the UK working for a student newspaper, mm-hmm. actually reached out to me and said, "Would you be willing to answer like a few questions about uh, you know your your reaction to the Switch?" Mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, you know, do you think this is going to be, you know, the recovery from Wii U? And as I was, like, writing, I was like, I love the Wii U, but it has a horrible UI, a painfully yep. outdated operating system, terrible online infrastructure, a mystifying tablet controller whose high cost couldn't justify its only welcome feature, which is off- off-screen play. Mm-hmm. It has a miserable release schedule, and I realized, like, I could just keep going. Yeah. Like, I love my Wii U. I, I'm never going to disconnect it because sometimes Bayonetta 2 needs to happen. Fair. And s- sometimes Captain Toad needs to happen. I do love Captain Toad, man. I do, I do, but, I do. But stick that on the Switch. Yeah. How, how many of those games do you think are going to get ported, like, directly to the Switch? Because they showed Mario right? Kart. They showed Splatoon. None. I, like, I kind of foresee a future where basically all of those major first party titles just end up on the switch because 
Yeah. But when he played him on the phone, the, it'll, on the it'll Wii U. be a, it'll be a new Splatoon, yeah. Oh, I think yeah, it'll be I, a new. I think it's a new Splatoon. I, okay. And I, I don't think that you will see the porting situation that you're describing, David. Well, I, I think I, I'm the I'm the grouch this time around, and I'm not usually the grouch, so I apologize if I handle that role improperly <laughs> on the podcast. Because I'm usually the upbeat, positive, optimistic one, and I'm just like, I don't give a shit. This thing is dumb, and it's not gonna work, and nobody's gonna like it. <laughs> Says the guy who has not one but two different VR headsets, and I two. use them semi regularly. Good luck with that early adoption, bro. Yeah, uh, I like the, early adopt being an early adopter, but I can the, the, I can elaborate more if you would like instead of just being a happy uh, no. voice. <laughs> uh, Sam, before before you go on about your your sour grapes, sure. your sour member berries, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> the 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 uh, woman Emily Rogers, who has been one of the, uh, I will say Emily's. Uh, track record for uh leaks and predictions about the form factor of the nx wait a minute is she emily, surfer girl uh yeah yeah uh emily is legit like her track record wait 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 did you before... actually just not get that reference uh, no i i surfer girl surfer oh god okay it's it's, it's what is it? it is the deepest deepest of cuts there... wait is that is that a hackers no reference? no no what no no like God, a decade? No, longer than a decade ago. Maybe 15 years ago, there was somebody online, Surfer Girl, who oh always always had inside dirt, and they were right more often than not. No, I know. I remember. she. They, this was the person that talked about, like, Metroid Prime and stuff before it even happened, right? I, I, Am I misremembering this? Oh, God. I, it was so long ago, but yeah, like... Anyway, sorry, continue. Anyway, yeah. No, Emily Emily Rogers as uh, a, a Twitter feed, Arcade Girl 64 which has uh, trickled out information about the form factor of the NX, which turned into the Switch, uh, even before Eurogamer's big report that sort of broke open the idea of, like, this thing is going to be a dockable handheld. Emily Rogers had a lot of this information. And Emily Rogers has come out today... And said what she was saying about six, seven months ago is that the version of Mario Kart that we saw, the version of Splatoon that we saw, and the versions of Smash Brothers and Zelda that are going to be on are enhanced ports of mm. the Wii U version. Okay. Yeah, that's what Interesting. I was thinking. Interesting. Hmm. Not necessarily full-on sequels. Take that with a grain of salt, everybody. But Emily's track record is pretty, pretty solid. Uh, so enhanced port makes sense. I mean, Splatoon... It does actually make sense, yeah. You know, Splatoon is a game that has been shackled to a failure of a system and hasn't been able to reach its true potential, even though, like, the audience loves that. And it's sold really well. Like, really well. Even, like, for being the first game in a new series on a system that nobody owns, like, it's sold really well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So hopefully having it on this new system that like people seem to actually want. I I, I remember checking the YouTube channel like I think eight hours after the the announcement went up and it was nearing two million views. Oh my on YouTube. god! Yeah, wow. people seem to be like resonating with this thing more than probably not as much as the original Wii. At least like initially, we'll see how that pans out. But certainly more than the Wii U. 
but not HTC Vive Superfan number one. Uh, guns Sun. out, suns <laughs> out, guns out, Sam Pro. All right. First of all, I consider an early adoption worth the investment if I have gotten my enjoyment value out of it. I oh feel my like I have, god! I feel like I have already gotten. Who cares? My god, I'm just. Take- Jesus, we're not talking about you. that. We're talking about the NX or Switch, sorry. Well, but the Switch, we are talking about that because the Switch is going to be, do you want to be an early investor or not? And I don't yet. So, like, all of the things that you guys have talked about, the idea of, you know, bogarting the TV or starting it, uh, starting a game in one spot and then taking it to bed, like, those things already exist on the Wii U. And they, they don't, though, dude. Why they do you, don't. Okay, so then why you do you can't think that the Switch will be controller. any better? Because, okay, number one, I would kill to be able to keep playing a Wii U game if I were, like, more than four feet away from the console. Yeah, I can't <laughs> take my gamepad to my bedroom. Yeah. Like, the signal no. just doesn't reach. Yeah. No, I, and, like, it's really funny. You know, I, I just moved out of a New York City apartment, which is was in a pre-World War II building with walls that are so thick that you can't hear somebody screaming from the bathroom and you're just on the other side of the I don't know why people are screaming in the bathroom in in this theory. <laughs> anyway, I I'm now I'm now like in a a old house where the walls are pretty much paper thin and I was like, "Oh boy, maybe I'll be able to play the Wii U in another room. No. I can't even get it out the door oh, of my office." No. Oh god. Yeah. You can't, you can't get it anywhere. So this is, Sam, this is, a, like, playing Wind Waker HD on the Wii U was awesome. I love it. I think it's an amazing port. But, like, you have to be on the couch still, right in the same room where the console is to get that experience. This, you're, you're going to be able to walk outside and play Breath of the Wild because the hardware is in your hand. Like, that's a different thing. Sure, no. I like going outside and being really portable with it is one thing. I was referring specifically to instances of taking it from one room to another, which I I guess have different setup because I have not had that problem. Oh wow. Um, yeah, the range yeah, has it's... been the range has been fine on my Wii U. I've taken it into the bathroom and played in the tub several times. I've taken it into the bedroom and just relaxed in bed with it. I can't um, even I can't just even get... Go ahead. <laughs> Surrounded by candles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Playing, yeah. playing Captain Toad. <laughs> <laughs> I I can't get a Vita remote play to work in my house. Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. It just it just doesn't work. So because so getting the one thing to talk to the other thing is is not a great experience for me. However, because the game actually is a cartridge that plugs into the unit itself, and so that's what mm-hmm. you're taking with you. That will be a much more positive experience. Also, to be clear, I don't recommend buying any console on day one. I really yeah. don't, because uh, there will be issues. of there are, There's always some kind of tech issue. Always, always, always. It won't be, it probably won't ever be the Red Ring of Death bad again, but you never know. Yeah, and but is there is there a console release that was worse on day one than the Wii U? And not just because of the games, but like How about the software patch? update, the patch. Oh, that was yeah. bad. Oh, yeah. Nightmare. Yeah, and, nightmare. Then, and just from for the simple fact that at launch, like the day it comes out, you won't have that many games. So you'll yeah. have this brand new, wonderful shiny, and you'll want to do stuff with it, and you probably won't have that much stuff 
to do with it. Now, I mean, if they launch it with a Zelda, it's got breath of it's got breath of breath the wild, of the wild which like, is which is awesome. Yeah, but I, I still feel like for me personally, I mean, I buy it the day it comes out because I need it for my job. But right. for just ordinary consumers, I recommend waiting at least six months, if not a full year. Mm-hmm. If not a full year, for- Susan, everybody knows that the greatest launch for all of video game hardware in history was the PlayStation 4, because what other launch has Knack? That's true. It's the greatest <laughs> game of all time. Did, did I just kill Dave? Is Dave dead? I'm dead. I just... <laughs> as the Tumblr I look down at my stomach, like, there's just, like, a giant knife in my stomach right now. <laughs> Ooh. But so, I, I mean, what... like, I, I, the, with, the, with, the, with the Switch, I will say, like, not only is there going to be Zelda at launch, but the fact that they have these awesome Wii U games... That not that many people played. Like, I don't like. I I don't. I'd have to look, but I think the Wii U hasn't broken twenty million. I think it's somewhere around fifteen million total lifetime sales at this point. I don't think it's which broken is, twenty. Yeah, I don't think it's broken twenty because I mean, like GameCube was twenty-two lifetime, yeah. and like you know, there's gonna be. They have these pre-made games that are really really good that they can just port over, which is nice. Which is going to guarantee that there's like a little bit uh, better of a launch. You won't have Knacks. But you will, You also like won't have Pen Pen Trisalon and Sonic Adventure. Okay, like, I liked I, Pen Pen Trisalon. <laughs> no, no, that was, that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. Like, All have, right. like, yeah, like really weird, cool, original things that are crazy exciting. Okay. Okay, so on the topic of software, like the idea of... Well, the Switch is going to have all these, you know, third-party partners like Sky. It's going to have Skyrim, even though Bethesda won't say it's going to have Skyrim. <laughs> right? Fantasy like, RPG. Come at, come at me, bro slash Pete Hines, about whether or not you will have Skyrim because you will. Um, the idea of like getting all these ports and like, oh, it's going to have all these different games, like. Nothing in Nintendo's history has ever made me say that, has given me confidence that that will happen. They had slightly remastered ports of Batman and Mass Effect. You're not at wrong. The beginning, at the beginning of the Wii U, and where is third-party support on the Wii U now? They All had, right. And, and, they, had the, party, yeah. they have the Nintendo accounts, which are a super pain in the ass to manage. Also and they've true. Tried, they've tried to trim them down, and they're still cumbersome as hell, and you can't get half of the games that you want onto your Wii U because they're gated behind certain systems, or you can only play this one, or the licensing rights only allow you to do this specific version, and yada, yada, yada. Like, nothing makes me think that the Switch is going to be any different than the Wii U in terms of software support. Or an OS that functions. Nothing. <laughs> uh, I will... Okay. So, number one. The OS, I have a little bit more faith. Because... You know... Do you know who made the operating system for the original... Or for Wii U? Like, the guy that made Punch-Out made the operating system. <laughs> this is a game designer who's been in the field for 40 years. Why didn't they just license that shit from somebody else? I mean, the Dreamcast had a Windows-based operating system. This is old hat. But I think having this NVIDIA chip and having having support from from uh, an outside tech maker who's going to be advising on that stuff, that's going to help. They also have DNA, uh, the mobile developer and mobile publisher, 
helping out with their online infrastructure and the Switch is going to be the big launch of the proper new Nintendo online infrastructure. I agree with you, Sam, that there is nothing to tell me that they're going to do those things better. I will say one thing about the Switch's design that we know up front is we don't know how much onboard memory there's going to be. Mm -hmm. But the fact that they are going to use cartridges as the, the physical media for games gives me a lot of hope because they, it shows sure. that they are smartly thinking about how to keep cost down on this thing without, you know, like if it had a 64 or 120 gigabyte uh, solid state drive in there, this thing would automatically be 150 or $200 more than it is. And so the fact that there's going to be a, a format that is encouraging them to have less on, like, you know, internal memory storage is good. Because, I mean, part of the reason the Wii U runs like shit, part of the reason it takes so long for a game to download, is that the fucking operating system is in the same hard drive that you're downloading the games onto. Yeah. So it's not partitioned or optimized well at it's all. It's not partitioned or optimized at all, and the, the switch is the switch is going to be optimized, and that's nice. The other thing that I think is encouraging is since there is no longer going to be a division between you guys over here in EAD whatever are making 3DS games, and you guys in EAD one are making Wii U games. Now it's all just one pool of development. At the very least, we're going to see a more steady trickle of games because everybody's just working on the one platform rather than all over the place. So sure, the manpower that, is going to be streamed. That makes sense. And I do want to say, like, I don't hate the Switch. I'm just aggressively ambivalent about it. <laughs> you're skeptical. Um, and you're, skeptical. you're right I, to be skeptical because yes. Nintendo as a company, has done a yeah. lot to make people skeptical. Except, like, I just looked up the sales numbers on the Wii U. 13 million sold as of ju June 30th, Woof! 2016. But, okay, Woof. but, 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 part of the reason for the Wii U's failure is the fact that it's kind of crappy, but a big part of it is because they never got the messaging right. You ha nope, First never. of all, calling it Wii U was the stupidest damn decision it was so dumb because people didn't understand, like, oh, am I just buying this little touch screen? Wait, I have to buy a whole new thing? I don't understand that. They never delivered on the question of why do I need this? Never. They never adequately did that. So I, I, rem I remember sitting at an E3 Nintendo press conference. I think it was the last E3 Nintendo press conference, actually, now that I oh, think God. about it. 2012, Susan. Where, 2012, the Nintendo Land one. Yes, where they spent easily oh. 20 minutes explaining in in dry detail <laughs> how oh. you actually used the Wii U. Like, this is E3 press conference. You've got the attention of the world. You, you bring out fireworks and all your best stuff. And here's somebody on stage talking, okay, now see, here's how this works. Let me, mm -hmm. let me explain this to you. So that's a big reason why the Wii U failed. And that's one reason why I thought the trailer, the reveal for Switch was so well done, was because yeah. you get it. You immediately mm -hmm. understand, oh, okay, I'm playing this on my TV, and now I can take this with me. Oh, now now I get it. Like, okay, I, I understand how this is different from my other gaming systems, like how even how it's different from my 3DS. Here's one question I have, though. Mm. The 
the port they showcased the portability by showing the one guy taking his dog to the park and bringing the the switch with him which by the way i don't recommend that especially if you have a Mm-mm. great dane because he could get into some trouble i'm just saying <laughs> unless, it, unless it's like scooby-doo and he knows how to solve crimes exactly and talk. Like, don't do that don't do that uh, and start then, the commercial with ignoring your pets yes just terrible <laughs> and then emily takes takes the mario yeah. cart to the, the friend's God, Amelie brought her Nintendo machine again. Yeah, to the, to the rooftop hipster barbecue. But She's so quirky. When was the last time you took any gaming screen outside and could use it? Uh, it, it, Like, actually see what's happening? Yes. The iPad is the only one. Really? I can't even do that. Yeah. And, like, but, like, so the fact that it is a, a going to be... Like, they won't talk about what the screen is. Mm-hmm. They, they've just said it's an LCD screen. Does it have touch functionality? Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Answer. I hope it does not have touch functionality, honestly. Oh, yeah. I, I sincerely hope it doesn't. Although, like, I think that's a ballsy move in the current market. What, not having to, touch? Like, not having yeah, touch. Yeah, no, I agree. That's bold. It's extra bold. Because, like, it will save on cost, mm-hmm. certainly. And battery. Uh and battery, and, like, also, like, people, this, this goes into my mobile game as their, as the replacement for the 3DS mm-hmm. theory, because why clutter, why clutter that up? Mm. Why, why should Nintendo have to have Super Mario Run and Pokemon Go 2 and Fire Emblem Make Your Soldiers Bone Each Other uh, mobile <laughs> edition on both platforms? Don't do it. Keep that over here. Keep this thing over here. Satisfy your two different audiences. Right. Make sure your machine is diversified. Um, yeah, I like the the fact the outside factor. Like, let me say this, Susan. How often do you play your 3DS games outdoors anyway? Oh well, I'm a hermit, so I'm not the best right. person to ask. But uh, I don't because I can't. Yeah, like I, I have like, to. I, it has to be such a very specific outside scenario for me to be able to see the screen that I just don't yeah. even try. Yeah, I, like I, I feel like when I see people playing portable games out in the world, it's usually commuters. It's people on a bus. It's people on a train or cons. Like or I cons. go to Pax. I go to Pax West, and I see people playing 3ds everywhere, and I think right. that like. The switch is going to be really good for something like that. Yeah, I, I yeah, I I'm 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 not. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe the screen will be awesome outside. Maybe, maybe it'll have. I mean, like... Maybe it will. I'm just saying, if that is how you are marketing your system, right? If you are making but a then... point of saying, take this on, ignore your dog, pay attention to Link. <laughs> Then, but then, then we get to the stupid, like, what we were talking about at the top of the podcast with Nintendo being like, isn't everybody sexy and young and cool? Everybody having a good time at the party? Playing Mario Kart at a barbecue? Well, Nobody's barbecuing and playing Mario Kart at the same time. That's gross. You're going to have oily hands. Uh, <laughs> how, do you feel, how do you feel about the crazy tiny controller for multiplayer that is ridiculous those controllers are just teeny weeny tiny things and the buttons the are in the same place on both of them relatively speaking right yeah yeah it's weird it's very odd i i'll be curious to see how it feels because uh, i i i mean i i don't even yeah. like use using the wiimote on its side so exactly. i mean yeah yeah it, it, like 
Dave, you were saying yesterday that Nintendo has a pretty good track record for build quality. Uh, although I have the feeling, like, I, I don't think that their build quality is nearly what it used to be. You know, gone are the days of the Game Boy Advance SP and replaced by the days of the Nintendo DSi with its broken hinges or the Nintendo 3DS with its, you know, freaking uh, screen that protruded in the clamshell. Like, the top screen would scratch oh, yeah. the bottom screen. And, you know, the Wii U gamepad is... I like that thing, and I like playing games using it, but ergonomics are not its specialty. <laughs> I mean, no, but then you have something like the 2DS, which looks very workmanlike and kind of crappy, but when you actually hold it and use it, like, it feels durable. It feels like it's yeah. meant for a child to throw around. Sure. Um, and and it feels good to hold too. and play. Yeah. Yeah. You could throw the uh, SP against, the, like, across the room, yeah. and that thing yeah. would, would work. God, it was, oh, yeah. I love that thing. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah. Uh, I will. I want to, like, shift back to one thing you mentioned, Sam. You were talking about, you know, how nice it is to see uh, unconfirmed Skyrim come at, come at us from <laughs> behind. Uh, one thing I just, like, I, I want to see if you guys agree with me is fuck third parties on a Nintendo system. Who cares? The whole conversation of Nintendo needs third parties. They're going to get third parties back. People have been having the same conversation for 20 years. The N64 came out in the U.S. 20 years ago last month, and Nintendo hasn't had third-party support reliably for any of their machines since then. Although... Although GameCube had a, I think GameCube had a relatively strong showing of third-party support. Better, DS as yeah. well. Uh, D, D, but like the specialty on Game Boy Advance and DS and 3DS is Japanese publishers and niche titles. Like they have great support from Sega and Atlas and Capcom, but you know it's for games like Ace Attorney. It's for games like uh, you know Seventh Dragon whatever dimension that sega rpg or shin megami tensai it's not like i don't think that anybody is looking at the switch and saying like well that's clearly what i'm gonna play fifa 18 on mm. you know what i mean yeah like they're not they're not saying like oh well it, you know mass effect andromeda better be on nintendo's switch because blah so like, like you say this but as I'm looking at, as I was watching that video, and like, like I mentioned this earlier, that because having that kind of portability is more valuable to me than sort of the, the graphical fidelity, mm-hmm. um, if they get that third-party support, I would probably pick the, if, if they're relatively comparable, like if the Switch version's broken or whatever, sure. uh, because of the scaling it down, like, I won't play it. But if, if they're comparable... Like, I would, you know, I would buy Metal Gear Solid Five again on the Switch, because then I could take Metal Gear with me Okay, on the but you're crazy. <laughs> no, I know this. <laughs> All right, okay, I'm just, I'm just saying, when it comes to Metal Gear, you're a little Looney Tunes. No, I, yeah. I know, but, like, say, hey, if Square Enix found a way to get Final Fantasy XV onto a Switch... I would probably prefer to play it there because it's Final Fantasy XV on the go. If they could get, like, you know, if, if Mass Effect Andromeda was on the Switch, like, that's that's pretty cool, too. The The prospect of playing a game like Breath of the Wild and picking it up and taking it with you wherever is fascinating to me. 
Like mm-hmm. a, a game on that scale that is portable in a way that's like easy to use uh, compared to uh, and, and and reliable compared to previous sort of handheld tablety game con- like you know like the Nvidia Shield like like in the past. I think that like like if they can get that third party support, I would prefer a Switch version over a PS4 or an Xbox One because they're all they're all just kind of the same sort of boxes anyway. So where I play it doesn't matter unless that that ability to take those same games with me like but actually I, I, works. I, I, I don't I but like I don't think that anybody should be expecting oh no like support like you were like we're already hearing that the you know the switch is comparable in power to wii u like this is this is not going to be something that's going to be able to pick up your average xbox one and playstation 4 game you're you're, you're probably not going to be playing dark souls on your switch no it's probably probably not gonna happen no, dark maybe Dark Souls one, maybe well, <laughs> the Xbox three sixty game, sure. But all right, I I wrote the Nvidia thing, and I'm personally leaning toward the um, I'm personally leaning toward the speculation that they will have an X Tegra X two chip in it, which mm-hmm. is a fairly significant jump up from the um, Wii U and the Tegra one, X one, although. Right. We don't know a whole lot about it, and blah, blah, right. blah, blah, still got to do benchmarks, but I think that it will have an X2, and it will be just slightly behind the Xbox One and PS4. It's not going to be as sure. far behind as, like, the Wii was from the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. Conduit has been... Conduit's graphics are as good as Xbox 360. Oh, my Conduit, God. No. Conduit's graphics are as good as Gears of War. What? Okay, uh, there you go, heck? Anthony. Anthony, what? that's the answer to your question. Who cares about third-party support? Those people. Those people who are like, the conduit looks just as good on the Wii as any Xbox 360 game. Those are the people who care. Yeah, but like all ten of them can go back to GameFAQs and yell at each other for a week. Like Undertale I, 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 is the best game ever. <laughs> I like I, I don't know. I my my thing is is people buy Nintendo machines for Nintendo games. They bought oh, sure. the N64 for Super Mario 64 and Mario Kart 64 and Goldeneye. They yeah. bought the GameCube for Wind Waker and Metroid Prime. They bought the Wii for Wii Fit and Mario Kart. It, so on and so forth, you know? Yeah. Like watching, it's just... the, watching the Switch trailer, people were more excited about, oh, is that a new 3D Mario? Oh, is that like an enhanced mm-hmm. or a different version of Splatoon? What are the, Oh, is that a new Mario Kart? Nobody was like, well, I mean, some people were, but people were much more excited about the Nintendo properties than they were about taking Skyrim on the go. Yeah, and good. Like, I, you know, Nintendo... Nintendo doesn't, like, the whole question, like, is this Nintendo's opportunity to compete with PlayStation and Xbox? No, because they shouldn't be competing with them. Like, why do you want to go head-to-head in a market that is already crowded, that is already saturated, when diversity okay, I'm, is I'm what's gonna going to get you Okay, I'm going to explain that to you 100%. What it is, is it's, it's a grandfathered mindset yeah. from back in the day when there was not a whole lot of overlap between the different mm-hmm. consoles. Like, stuff yeah. that was on... I mean, keep in mind, the N64 had freaking cartridges at a time when its major competitor were on, was, were on discs. Mm-hmm. And it, exclusives were much more important. Like, it mattered which console you got because that, that was the access to the games, right? That is mm-hmm. very much no longer the case. There is so much overlap between the PS4 and the Xbox and your PC... And your tablet. And, and your, your tablet. Your yeah, I mean, there's yeah. there's so much 
that that exclusives really matter very, very little, unless you are, you know, super into Gears or super into Halo or super into Uncharted, what have Mm -hmm. you. So that's where that mindset is coming from. Like, oh, it's got to be able to compete. Like, no. No, it, it doesn't. Really doesn't. No, it doesn't. Honestly. And like, the greatest opportunity for profit for Nintendo since the mid-aughts has been in putting a machine out there that is going to play games that are just not on anything else. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like, and and that's, I, like, that's served Nintendo well. Like, Susan, like, y- you and I remember the days when it's Genesis versus Super Nintendo, mm-hmm. and the logic there is those are dramatically different machines. Right. It's not, like, it's not like, you know, okay, I'm going to go to a store and I'm going to get Battlefield 1, and Battlefield 1 is going to be pretty much, unless you're counting the peas, everybody, <laughs> Battlefield 1 is going to be the same goddamn game wherever you play it. No one cares what you play it on. Uh, whereas back in the day, like, it wasn't about, like, Sonic and Mario are the exact same thing, and I need to pick one because of some kind of brand allegiance. No, they're different. They're wildly right, different. Right, right, right. And that's what the Switch is going to be offering with Nintendo-made games. They're going to be coming out and saying, like, well, that's nice that you have your machine that plays Battlefield 1 and Battlefront and Battle F, you know, whatever the suffix is on that one. <laughs> uh, you know, this thing will play Splatoon. Nothing else plays Splatoon. Right, right. Come over here. Right. Anthony, your your explanation has given me a hot take headline generation here in my head. Oh. How millennial, how millennials' love for the Super Nintendo will save the Nintendo Switch. Oh shit! I would read that. <laughs> I'll, I, I'd click on that. I, what, what to you guys is the price that this thing needs to come out at? Three hundred or lower. Three hundred. Uh, my, my theory is that there will be a three hundred dollar basic edition and then a four hundred dollar kind of deluxe edition that either has more hard drive space or like like maybe comes with the dock or controllers or games or whatever but mm-hmm. i'm saying like, well, like the whole 300... thing has to come with the dock yeah it's gotta have it to has work. to that's how it charges yeah it needs okay. it then then yeah the, well I, I i'm i'm still gonna say like 300 for like the base unit and then maybe a 400 dollars deluxe see i was i was thinking like 250 for the base and then 300 for um that that uh like pro looking controller sure yeah that so one they, and they, then maybe the, maybe the Ouya controller a pack-in yeah like with zelda yeah uh, i think a, a, i think a pack-in makes more sense than a hardware difference yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah i don't, yeah, I don't, it, I don't, it's I don't more see than 300 yeah. and it's like it's it's gonna flop yeah i agree i agree i agree completely sam you did a deep dive on the nvidia tech uh, the X1 chip that exists, and as you're speculating that the custom NVIDIA chip that they've made for the Switch is actually based on the X2. Uh, what do NVIDIA X1 and X2-based devices cost? Uh, well, the the Shield is a uh, X1 device, the NVIDIA mm-hmm. Shield. Um, how much is that at now? I, I honestly that- don't... The I shield. don't know. That's a very good question, though. <laughs> I, I looked it up yesterday, as a matter of fact. The Shield right now goes for 200 and the Shield Pro goes for 300 I'm not sure exactly what the differences are between those. but yeah. So, you the, know, that with custom controllers and all that, I, I think 300 is probably a reasonable expectation. Yeah, I think I think 300 is is pretty reasonable. I mean, it'll be based, if, if I am correct, it'll be based on X2 
technology, but you know, uh, scaled down and customized for console market, and they won't make any margin on it. Um, yeah, I think I think three hundred. Three hundred. Uh, what is everybody's dream Switch game? What is the one game that they have not announced that will make you buy this thing sight unseen? Susan? Oh, God. Um... Does it have Captain... to be an exclusive? I'm sorry to interrupt while Susan's thinking. No, go right ahead. No, I gotta no, think. No, go anything. Anything. Okay. It's not Super Mario RPG 2. Oh, well. Gino's Revenge. That, okay, but we know that'll never happen. But if they did... <laughs> well, actually, no, because because I, I'm not a fan of where the Paper Mario yeah. series has gone, honestly. Uh, oh! Uh, Captain Toad, Treasure Tracker 2. <laughs> oh, dunk. Okay! <laughs> this time it's personal! <laughs> time for adventure! <laughs> time to play a game! Can you imagine the Saw Captain Toad crossover would be oh, amazing? Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> I put a key in your friend's stomach. <laughs> Trace the intestines to find it. Yes. yes. And a little mini game. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, like tell me you wouldn't play that. You'd play the shit. No, I'd play. I'd play the shit. I'd play that. Play the shit out of it. Sam, uh, Wave Race three. Oh, nice. Yeah, man. Wave Absolutely. Race. I would love to see a new Wave Race. I would Is actually that... honest question, honest answer. Uh, a good Star Fox. Ooh, I'd yeah. love to play a strong, good Star Fox. Strong, game. strong, strong. I, yeah. I I sincerely wonder if there's going to be a Star Fox Zero port with traditional controls. <laughs> like, were they just like, and here's that game again, but not shit. <laughs> Enjoy, everybody. Dave? Um, I want to say Metroid. Oh, yeah. like, a, like a proper Metroid? Like a prop, like like an actual Metroid game. Not, what not is, this what is Federation a, what, Force nonsense. What is a proper Metroid to you on the Switch, though? Is it, you know, is, is it I'm not saying... Yeah, is it Prime? I mean, either one is fun. Like, Prime is really good. Uh, a 2D one would be great as well. Um, I yeah. just, I want a Metroid game. <laughs> like, like an actual, honest-to-God Metroid game. And I think that, like, that might actually be an interesting spot because, you know, normally you would get sort of the portable and the console Metroid games at the same time and having one mm. on yeah. both at the same Man, time. That sounds, I, that like, should happen. I, I, it's so funny. Like I, yesterday, I was joking around about uh, Metroid Other M two too many babies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I'm so I'm so relieved by the design of the Switch because it just means all the control bullshit in games like Other M and Star Fox Zero is gonna be gone. Like, there's no, oh, to recharge your missiles, hold your controllers straight up in the air, and then to fire them, point it at the screen. Like, no. No, Nintendo. You just press a button. A, wait, just press a button. The elegance of a button. Ah. My answer's Star Tropics 3. It's of course was... it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Star Tropics, and then I thought of Metroid. So. It's not going to be High Star five. Tropics. <laughs> High five. High five to the world. Three uh, three dimensional yo-yo attacks. Let's oh, make it happen. Yes. yes. 
I, I don't know how much we're going to be talking about the Nintendo Switch on the podcast in the coming months. Nintendo has said flat out that that this is it there there are no there are no more announcements in the year 2016 and that makes sense we're coming on to the end of october and they are going into a christmas season where they've got to sell pokemon sun and moon they've got 3ds's to move uh fine you know they're <laughs> that, fine fine whatever it's guys <laughs> the big grudging they, they gotta they gotta they gotta sell that paper mario color splash game yeah, gotta mm. make get that those yeah. those hot Wii U sales, uh, man. Like in Japan, you couldn't even get a Wii U for the past six months. They were all sold out, and Nintendo wasn't producing anymore. And they like Splatoon is so hot in Japan that it was like a problem that people were demanding the Wii U. It was like a fantasy from an alternate reality. <laughs> uh, speaking of fantasies and alternate realities, Final Fantasy XV is an actual game that Dave Roberts played. It's a real game. It's How actually it? real. I don't believe in it. That's bullshit. I do. I played it. It's. I have it on the PlayStation right next to me. <laughs> so, how is it? No, it's. You just. So many people just opened up an iTunes page and went to our podcast to review it (laughs) once. How dare you write me email? Don't don't write me an email. Don't don't don't. don't. He's just kidding. Stop. It's okay. Um, It's good. Like, okay, so we we've talked about this before on the podcast where I've said I don't care if it's a hot mess. I just want it to be weird and interesting <laughs> and i want to see what this game is the fact that it's actually pretty good is kind of a bonus and like a really good bonus because i like i i loved it i have some issues with it but the first 15 hours are just like kind of it's both everything that i expected it to be and also like totally unlike anything that I, i've seen in an open world game so yeah, that's well, what, what, what is unlike anything that you've seen in an open world game? Because you, as you've been playing this, you've been comparing it to The Witcher a lot. Oh yeah. God, you're talking about it, which is you know a lot of people sort of apparently don't love uh, the fact that The Witcher is is very side quest centric. Uh, you yourself were telling me, you were like, yeah, I don't think the central story was that strong. I thought the central story in Witcher was the best. I thought that was the best part. But, you know, when you're comparing Final Fantasy to The Witcher 3, is is it, uh, is it just the open world structure? Is it the approach to, you know, what you're actually doing with yourself? Like, couch so- that. So, okay, so the thing that really makes me think about The Witcher in terms of this game is how it creates this really fascinating world, um, a believable world, but also, like, really fantastical, and grounds everything. So, you know, in The Witcher, you'd have, you'd make camp, and you'd meditate, and you'd, you'd go in these villages, and the villages felt, like, real and populated and that sort of thing. Uh, in this game, what what Final Fantasy XV does to really ground this this sort of fantastical world and make it feel like a little bit more mundane that you're actually living in this place, is by creating this sort of uh, day night cycle where uh, you have to make camp, you have to uh, seek out a place to sleep every night. So, 
when you're driving around uh, and it turns to night, there are these monsters that show up, and they're really they're they're called demons, demons. They're D A E M O N. Demons, yeah, yeah, demons. demons. Yeah. So. Uh, they show up and they're like they're these super powerful like y- y- you will not be able to beat them within the first 15 hours of the game just because they're so over leveled and way too powerful so what you have to do is you have to make camp and making camp progresses the day but it also um, allows the experience points that you've earned to bank and that's how you level up and also your buddy ignis is this expert cook and you'll take the ingredients that you found and he'll cook a meal and that meal will give you status buffs that will last throughout uh, the next day. So it creates this really interesting routine where you spend the day running around, riding chocobos, fighting ridiculous monsters and talking to, to people and doing quests and then going to bed at night and then sorting through... Uh, Prompto's photos that he took during the day and picking out your favorites and saving them to your hard drive and uh, hanging out with your bros and just sharing this like really small moment and like that is the thing that's really cool is that it's just it is this f- this ridiculous world with this ridiculous story and concept but it's still fe- there's this level of like really relatable humanity to all of it and that is its sort of that, that's its biggest asset uh, right now, anyway. So, so yeah, this podcast uh, has talked about a little movie called Kingsglaive. I don't yes. know if any listeners remember uh, that Susan, Dave, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> like it a lot. It's really good. It's really. God, I don't good. believe you. Rotten Tomatoes does not agree with you. I know, uh, but that, that's not fair. They're smoking crack. <laughs> Well, there are also, like, ten reviews, mm-hmm. and, like, a couple of them seem slightly positive, but are, like, just low enough on the scale that it counts it as rotten. Yeah, so. yeah. I, uh, so, Dave, you you were telling me about how, like, you love Kingsglaive, and you love the anime series Brotherhood Yeah, that Square's been releasing over the past six months on YouTube, but... You've also said that apparently you kind of need the background of those yeah. for Final Fantasy Fifteen. So, like, they've kind of said that, oh, these are sort of, like, extra things that will get you into the story. You don't need to watch them. I kind of disagree with that. Uh, mm-hmm. You at least need to watch Kingsglaive, because uh, Kingsglaive basically sets up uh, all of the political turmoil, the backdrop for the story. Like, why... You know, why is the Kingdom of Lucis fighting with the Kingdom of Niflheim? Why is there this struggle? What is the crystal? What is, like, what is all this yeah. stuff going on that's sort of the, the Lord of the Rings 10-minute prologue moment, you know? Um, mm. That I sort was, of sets everything up. I was reading, uh, I, I was editing Dave's preview, which you can read on GameTrader.com, my favorite website. And <laughs> if I hadn't seen Kingsglaive, I would not have been able to follow the, the basic plot he what the hell brought, was like going what on. what Noctis and his and his pals are doing yeah I really think that you have to you have to at least watch Kingslave in my opinion yeah because Dave, do you know if Square like what you have is that just flat out the retail version and then it kicks you back to the beginning after a certain point I don't know or... it, it, they just they said it was a preview build so basically I, I, I finished chapter five and it 
once I finished the chapter, it just kicked me right back to the title screen. I mm. wonder if they're going to have the the sort of like the story up to now thing, uh, which a lot of games like a lot of RPGs Final do now Fantasy for sequels. That. Final Fantasy Final, uh, yeah, thirteen two. Yeah, Final Fantasy thirteen two did that. Yakuza does that. I mean, freaking Persona Four Arena does that. Yeah, where where there's like a thing that catches you up on who everyone is, and it sounds like fifteen could really use something yeah. before before so, the weird prologue that is in there. So yeah, so like the the way that fifteen works is that like you get you, after a really brief intro, which like very briefly sets up sort of like hey. You, we, you need to go and marry Luna Freya, uh, say goodbye to your dad, bye dad, we're off on an adventure. Uh, oh no, the car's broken, let's push it to the thing. Uh, so once that's over with, you are playing the game. Like, like it is within ten minutes, you are in and going, and hey, you don't have to spend three hours before you earn experience, unlike Final Fantasy XIII. So, good for them. Uh, but you also lose a lot of that that background information. So you, you what ends up happening a couple hours in, you discover that your kingdom is under attack by a newspaper headline. And then you go and find like you go back to your kingdom and you see that it's just it is being invaded and you're kind of standing on this uh, mountain outcropping and like looking at the kingdom from a distance and it's like oh well, we can't go back there, so let's figure out what to do now. So, like, all of these really important events seem to be happening far away from you. And it, and it kind of creates this weird little disconnect between um, what Noctis is experiencing and what you need to know to really get this plot. Like, there's a part where um, the Emperor of Niflheim is talking about um, finding the ring. It's like okay, what's the ring and why is it important? They don't explain it, but I know in my head it's important because I watched Kingsglaive because the ring in Kingsglaive is the source of the king's power and magic. You won't know that at that moment unless you've seen the movie. And like yeah, the that's some Final Fantasy shit. Yeah. Like everything and, you just said, that's and some the, Final Fantasy nonsense. The plot has a lot of moments like that because the first five, the first five chapters, you're basically... You, as sort of like this new your dad's dead so now you're the king uh, you're trying to reclaim the, the king's power so you have to go to these different tombs to find ancient weapons oh. and as you're doing that you're just kind of waiting for like that's sort of the plot you're sort of waiting for things to happen to you uh, while you're trying to figure out like what's going on with the kingdom where you, where people are and so the the plot feels kind of passive. You're just kind of being led along this path while other things are like other people kind of flit in and out. People that the game sort of assumes that you know already, which <laughs> like there's a girl named Iris that you won't know unless you've seen the Brotherhood anime and like there's this whole relationship that's implied but you won't know it unless you watch the show. And like it's I'm hoping that the later chapters, like, take a couple minutes to just slow down, like, okay, so now that we're, like, we know what we need to deal with, let's take some stock and, like, get people up to speed, but, like, the the fact that I'm 15 hours into the game and it hasn't done that yet is a little disconcerting. I mean, pe people talk about, oh, well, that's just how Final Fantasy is, but, like, no, I was thinking about Final Fantasy VII, and within the first six hours of that game, you know, okay, Shinra's the bad guy, so is Sephiroth, 
this is what they're trying to do. This is why they're trying to do it. And you are trying to stop them. And there's a lot of stuff that happens after that that, that sort of explains more of the mystery and the world and, and motivations, that sort of thing. But within those six hours of the game, like by the time you leave Midgar, you have a goal and you know exactly who the villain is and what they're trying to do. But every Final Fantasy since then, for the past 17 years hasn't done that right like seven it seven is an outlier compared to even nine nine a game that people love and like you know talk about how it was like a throwback to the the early days of final fantasy no one knows what the hell is going on with nine you get to the end and it's like clones of a dude (laughs) with a tail that were sent by aliens on behalf of the physical embodiment of death like eight Nobody knows what the hell is going on with 8, and nobody knows what the hell is going on with 10. Well, like, th- I, I would say that at least 10 has that, like, oh, well, Sin is this evil monster that attacks cities, and you need to stop it. Yeah, but he's also your dad. Right. Spoilers. But, I mean, that's the <laughs> twist, but you not knowing that up front does not make the first, like, 30 hours of that game incomprehensible. Right. You know what I mean? It. I, I kind of wonder how somebody who hasn't seen Kingsclave and the anime will see and approach this Final Fantasy 15 because mm. like by seeing Kingsclave and seeing the political drama and the large scale conflict you've sort of primed your brain for what you think is going to be like the the big like you said Lord of the Rings prologue right the right. big scale conflict but I I wonder, and obviously I don't know, I haven't played it, you have, um, but I wonder if I don't watch Kingslave and I don't watch the uh, Brotherhood anime, whatever it is, um, will that bother me as much? Because you have the start of a story and it sounds like you're just like, I want to get to the next part of the big story that I had before. Mm. But if I don't have that big story in the beginning, I wonder if I'll just be like, yeah, these are these dudes. I'm with these dudes. Yeah. 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 Where are we going, dudes? Totally. Yeah, bro. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't know uh, if you guys still watch television this way. It seems like <laughs> it seems like the old ways are, are long gone, where, you know, back when you would hear the television show was good, and it wasn't like, well, I'm going to start with seasons one through nine on Netflix and binge through it. You would just watch the next episode. And you enjoyed coming in uh, in the middle of the story. You know, I, I didn't get into X-Files until like season three. And I kind of love the feeling of jumping into a story uh, while everything is going on. And the director of Final Fantasy XV, Hajime Tabata, is is a big... His signature move is the in medias res storytelling uh, gambit where everything is already going and you sort of just have to catch up through implication as you go. Final Fantasy Type-0 is like that, Crisis Core is like that, and unfortunately, the, the Third Birthday is like that. The, the, <laughs> di- <laughs> the difference between something like X-Files and something like this is that X-Files is set in the real world mm. with, like, understandable conspiracy nonsense, so it's like, you, you're, you don't have to get your... You know who the United States government is. <laughs> you know that like alien like people think aliens are real uh, like all right you- oh i didn't start watching buffy until season five and like buffy is like that's late, late. coming to that mm-hmm. show and that's like that's when i came are, into 
and that's where it gets awesome. I love like seasons five, six, and seven, and I hate the ones before that. Uh, Buffy but, fans don't write. Yeah, don't, 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 don't do yeah. it. But you still know how care. vampires work, right? Yeah, but I also don't know how like girls that are actually magical wish keys to alternate dimensions are. Okay, and I don't know what like ladies who are revenge demons. What the fuck is a vengeance demon? I don't know. I'll pick it up as I go. <laughs> Why I... does her face look like a fillet of salmon? I don't understand, but I'll I'll pick it up as I as I fix cars and ride chocobos. But yeah, I'm I not arguing with you. I, like... I haven't played the game. I have no idea. <laughs> like the the moment to moment scenarios that happen in the game are really cool. And yeah. and having like like the this the banter between the bros is really good and there's this really great sense of camaraderie that has been missing in Final Fantasy for a while you know fi- everyone in Final Fantasy 13 hated each other and didn't want to be near each other which is great when you have to spend 60 hours with them <laughs> uh, so fi- having Final Fantasy 15 be about a bunch of best friends like hanging out and actually enjoying each other's company and then wanting to go on these adventures together that's really cool and there are lots of great moments within that spectacle the within the spectacle of like there's a part there's a fight where you you basically fight this giant titan monster and he's he's the size of the empire state building and you fight him and the music is really dramatic and and then the empire starts pouring in and starts attacking him and like the entire time I'm watching it the battle's kind of easy because it's more about the cinematic part of it than actually trying to fight something there are difficult bosses in the game don't get me wrong but that moment is more about the the spectacle and enjoying of it uh, just seeing that, my, my mouth was open the entire time. I'm like, how is this, like, this is, this should be a cutscene, you know? This is not gameplay, but no, you're, you're playing it the whole time, and it, and it feels really good. But the threads that connect those moments, I feel like they need to be explained a little bit better. Hmm. And I wonder if that's just the nature, the sort of the nature of open world games, you know? Just yeah. the, how, how the way that these sorts of games have to convey story through sort of uh, just kind of random bits of dialogue as you play, you, you, the banter that you hear between the characters, sort of g- giving you these these small nuggets of lore, but r- giving it to you that way rather than like, you know, well, here's an encyclopedia that you can open up in your menu and read everything, you know? <laughs> Um, and I do think that maybe Final Fantasy XV needs something like that, something like, uh, oh, hey, you know, if you want to look up what the Niflheim Empire, like, what their history is, go into the menu and you can read a couple pages, uh, mm. sort of a lore diary. I think that would have been to its service to have something like that. Even though it's a cheat, it would help, you know? Man, I can't, I cannot wait to freaking play this game. I'm so excited. Uh, and even even your reservations make me even more curious about it. So we have 15 minutes left on the show today, We're talking a lot about Switch. And Susan and Sam both have things that are really exciting. Uh, we did have a very brief discussion before recording, and I, I want to turn this into a lightning round. Oh, lightning round. Guys, lightning round. Was the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer a thing? Yes or no? Susan no. Arndt. Sam Prell. I wouldn't know. I sneezed. I missed it. <laughs> David Roberts. It's fine. 
No, 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 Dave, just stop. Just no, stop okay. it. It's, it's fine. It's on it's brand. Fine. You're on brand. It's, 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 a, it's fine. It's on brand. Uh, everybody, I think the consensus is, uh, Rockstar, that was not a thing. Come back when you have a thing. That is not That is not anything. We will talk to you next year. Rock, Rockstar <laughs> would like you to know that there will be horses in Red Dead Redemption 2. And, and the sun. And the, and I the, guess sun, the sun. And it will set. And there will be some cowboys. And like, like, like you knew all of that before you watched it. There will pre-order be now. Men. Pre-order now. Pre-order now. I laughed so hard when the pre-order now faded in. That was the best part. Pre-order oh now God. to avoid disappointment. I Here's the thing. The one thing I will say is it was very lovely. The, <laughs> oh, yeah. It, sure. It, it was very, very lovely. That's it. That's it all just, I'm saying. It just tell. Yeah, but it doesn't tell me anything really... about the game. Horses and also cowboys. <laughs> You're welcome. The su- the I wish at the end of it, like, like an ATV just flew through the screen. Like, <laughs> sweet Smuggler's Run is back. Um, so I think that like it it would have been more effective if they had just released that trailer on Sunday. Like if yeah. rather than go, like because the first tweet was, oh, it's a red background with the Rockstar logo. That's Red Dead Redemption. Yep. And then the second tweet was, oh, it's a sunset with silhouettes of cowboys. It's Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then they released this. It's like, oh, it's Red Dead Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, if they just released this trailer on Sunday and been like, yep, it's confirmed. We're making it. Come back in a couple months. We'll tell you more about it. Yeah. Like, done. Done. Like, yeah. Yeah. That would have been effective, but having this like really long drawn out tease makes you think that oh they're gonna show us a bunch of this right, game. Right. Right. Yeah. And nope. it's literally a minute long, and like, it's it's a te- it's a teaser trailer, and that's fine. But they don't like when they do teaser trailers for Star Wars, they don't have a week of advertisements right. for a teaser trailer. They just say right. oh yeah we're showing it at the football game. Right. Tune in. Yeah. The football game. (laughs) The football. Uh, The sports game. There was at least one super kick-ass trailer for something else with a Western flavor that Sam Prell is very, very excited about. Oh, I'm Uh, so excited. And not just because of a truly effective use of Johnny Cash's cover of the Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt, uh, which is so overused, and they knocked it out of the park. It was awesome. So, Sam, you're really pumped about the trailer for Logan. Yes, I'm super excited. It actually inspired me. I shared this on Twitter earlier. Uh, It inspired me to sing and publicly share my singing. So, thanks, Marvel and fake guy with metal claws. You're (laughs) making my life a better thing to have. Uh, No, I, I loved the tone, the, like, it's serious without being... Yeah. <laughs> so dark. We got a corn soundtrack for this one. Yeah, <laughs> but it, but like it also still feels very serious. It feels uh, contained, kind mm. of. Okay, so kind of like the Nintendo Switch. Like why you guys liked the Nintendo Switch trailer so much. Uh, like watching the Logan trailer, I immediately get it. It's a uh, fugitive on the run story with two guys who are very close friends and have a strained relationship they pick up a third and now they're on the run 
and yeah. you get that really quickly and easily with that trailer. It's not the goofy people in spandex, which I do love those types of superhero movies, but this is like the Batman Begins of the X-Men universe. Yeah. Man, there is one single scene in that trailer that, like, it's right after the, the piano line comes in on Hurt, and there's just a shot of Patrick Stewart as Professor X and, uh, you know, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine and this young mutant who they've taken into their care sitting around a dinner table in a kitchen yes. and just laughing. Yes. And I, I, like, I, I was like, holy crap, I want to see that movie so bad because I, I enjoy the X-Men movies well enough um i all of them i mean you know i i like laughing at things and the last stand gives me that uh (laughs) i (laughs) i like i i enjoy the x-men movies but i've never been like passionate about them because they've always been missing much of like the quiet character relationship stuff that is you know what people bond to in the old x-men comics so much you know that yes there's the big action and the societal commentary and the angst and that's all great but it's also about like the way these people interact with each other and that scene is like oh man what's brought them to this place what happened to everybody why is professor x like still alive what is going on and i want to know and i'm really excited that it's not just a retelling they've been saying oh it's going to be based on the old man logan story which is a sort of post-apocalyptic future tale that they've done with Wolverine. And I enjoy those comics, but in order... Susan, Dave, do you guys know anything about this story, the old man Logan story? Have you heard of Mm -hmm. this through your internet wanderings? No. It's... I go ahead and explain but it's a good thing that it's more borrowing aesthetically than story-wise let me just say this if they were going to do a straight adaptation mark ruffalo would have to eat wolverine's kids Hmm. Mm -hmm. there you go and jeremy renner would have to have a sweet beard and i just don't know if he can pull off a beard (laughs) i don't know if jeremy renner can do a beard (laughs) i love that that's your concern (laughs) Yeah. No, actually, so, it, like, the idea is that at some point in history, all of the villains get together and they, like, they decide they're going to kill all the superheroes once and for all in, like, a coordinated attack. And the way they take care of the X-Men is that Mysterio and, you know, other other villains with a telepathic ability trick wolverine into thinking he's attacking villains and wolverine kills all of everyone he kills all of the oh wow so it's got a so it's got a war yeah it's no it's it's literally it's god of war meets um unforgiven the clint eastwood movie it is literally the story of unforgiven because at the beginning wolverine is you know like 150 200 years old and he lives out in, like, the old west of America and has a wife and two kids, but is a complete pacifist and he's just a farmer and he refuses to kill. Until the Hulk family, because Bruce the Banner... The Hulk hillbillies. Yeah, the Hulk hillbillies. The Hulk has a family of drunken deliverance types who go around terrorizing normal people and they kill Wolverine's family and then he goes banana pants and goes across the country with Hawkeye in the old Spider-Man dune buggy. I didn't make and anything they, up that I just said. 
at one point they get chased by a T-Rex and the T-Rex has the Venom symbiote on it. Oh it's, what? It's oh yeah. thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not making that. <laughs> no, it's they're not making that movie. <laughs> so they're not making that. Guys, I but think comic I books might cool. be kind of stupid. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. Hey Dave, I think your kind is stupid. <laughs> That was my, man, so months ago, before Suicide Squad came out, Dave was right, had to write an article about Suicide Squad explaining who everybody was, and every now and again, you would just drop me a line being like, why are comics stupid, Anthony? <laughs> this guy His has power a boomerang. Is ropes. He has a boomerang, and this guy's power is ropes. That's, yeah. Don't, the, yeah. Anyway. The, uh, the, the thing about logan that actually makes me the most excited um beyond the tone and just the way that the trailer sold me on it was it's going to be the introduction of laura um x23 yeah because she is one of my favorite characters in comic books she is the rare exception of a female character with a tortured past who usually not always but usually gets good writers who don't yeah exploit that and make her like the broken yeah. uh stereotype of strong female characters that we see like she is a legitimate survivor of trauma and she deals with it and she moves on as best she can and she's a really well-rounded and well done character in most of her arcs in yeah. some yeah yeah she's just girl wolverine but she's and she literally is them, wolverine really now she's wolverine in in the Marvel universe, yeah, in the Wolver in the in the Marvel universe, she is wearing the yellow and black costume and goes by the codename Wolverine. Yes, how, how so is she that? Is currently, that um, I like the storyline. I don't particularly care for the art. I find it uh -huh. a bit flat. So uh -huh. um, I'm not super thrilled with it. Hmm. But uh, like I said, still a very good character. Oh, she really shines in the um, all new X Men. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's that's a part that's of that team. that's not. He's not saying the new X Men book. The title of the comic is All New All X Men. All New X Men. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Do they get Nintendo's like marketing team to write that? Comics title? are awesome, so Dave. <laughs> so David, there's there's All New X Men. Oh, no. There's Uncanny X Men. Oh, no. Uh and then there's oh god, Extraordinary X Men. Uh -huh. And then coming coming up soon there's Death of X. And then after that it's yeah. Inhumans versus An amazing X, -Men. X Men. I hate all of this. this Don't worry about it. I feel ill. <laughs> X-Men the Hedgehog. Uh, <laughs> yeah. X-Men Revengeance. Uh, so to, to bring us home today, uh, Susan yes. has been playing a video yes, game Yes, I have, week, yes. And you've done some amazing things. Yes. So... Would you, would you... Yeah, what did you do? Okay, so uh, the game is called Rusty Lake Root. It is not the sequel, but it's next in the uh, Rusty Lake series. You might remember me talking about a game called Rusty Lake Hotel. In case you don't remember it, that is a hotel. That is a game in which you invite a number of animals, uh, anthropomorphic animals, to your hotel, solve puzzles to kill them, cook them for dinner, and then serve them to the other guests. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. so good. It's so it has good. the best. It has some of the best art in any video. It really game does. It really does. So this is this is the next in the Rusty Lake series. This is dealing with people and your family tree. Same art style. Same very macabre puzzle based story or, or gameplay. So 
things I have done so far. I have cut out a corpse's tongue. Uh, I have gone through a different corpse's nipple to get to its heart to pull it out and put it in a jar. I've delivered delivered triplets. I have proposed marriage by delivering writing a love note in my fiance's blood and handing it to her. And I have tortured three young children. To what end? <laughs> <laughs> so the way it's the way it's set up, what you are doing is you are looking for I think it's it's either ten or twelve different tributes. The heart in, that you put in the jar is is one such tribute. And then what you're going to do with them is bring somebody back from the dead. And each, in much like Rusty Lake Hotel, each individual vignette is kind of like a locked room mystery. It's all very self-contained. There is something that you need to achieve in that particular scenario. In one, for example, you need to cross-pollinate different flowers in a garden so that you get a very special flower with which you impregnate yourself. Because, of course, you do. Like you do. Like you do. What? Yeah. So the the puzzles will, they're all, what's wonderful is none of them are overly difficult. But they're all so weird that it'll take you a while just to figure out what the hell you're supposed to be doing. Because it's, it's not like, this is not a Professor Layton situation where you're like, okay, it's matches and I have to figure out, or, or oh, let me slide these tiles so I can get the key out of the box. No, 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 no. You have to figure out how to put the grandfather clock back together so that you can get the coin to put it on the dead man's eye. It's stuff like that. Weird. It's awesome. Does it yeah, look- I, remember, I remember you with the Rusty Lake Hotel. I, like, texted you, and it's like, Susan, I can't figure out this fucking exactly. puzzle. How do I do this? <laughs> how do I get the bug? How do I put the bug in the right place? I'm going insane. I can't get out of this room. <laughs> What's the one thing that's really nice about Rusty Lake Roots as opposed to Rusty Lake Hotel? Rusty Lake Hotel, you had to do in a specific order. So if you got stuck, you were kind of screwed. In uh, because it is your family tree, there are many branches, and if you get stuck in a particular puzzle, you can back out of it and then go try another one for a little while and then come back to it. So that's that's a nice improvement, and it's also bigger than. Rusty Lake Hotel. There's a lot more puzzles in it, but it still has that same wonderfully gruesome kind of Edward Gorey-esque art style and flavor going on with it. Perfect for this time of year. Cannot recommend it enough. That's a mobile cool. game. Right? It is. It's a mobile game. Yes. Okay. Susan, does it? Yeah, what does it look that. like? Does it have that same weird art style as Hotel? It does. Like Edward Gorey-ish. Yep. yep. Which is liter- awesome. literally what I just said. Yeah, I, uh, I, uh, although you're dealing, the one, the one minor disappointment I have is that you're dealing with people this time instead of gigantic rabbits and, and pheasants, but it's, it's still just majorly effed up, man. It is not right. Yeah, the, the, the animals, I like made it just a touch more surreal. Yeah. In the first one, I think. So it'll be interesting to see how that, but they, uh, they do have a cameo. In this game. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, and, and the crow, you know, the crow who showed up at, at the hotel yeah. randomly out the window? He's there, too. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play this. <laughs> I should probably play hotel before I play You this. absolutely yeah. should, yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, everybody. I think that's episode 54 in the bag. 
we will be back next week. I will... We, we don't have any new reviews from uh, iTunes to read, but we did get a question oh. from a listener who said... he And th- this started from an off-the-record place. He was like, you don't have to tell me this in like an official capacity. But this this listener said, tell me... How long have you known about the Switch name and the form factor for Nintendo's new system? We didn't know shit. Yeah, no. (laughs) We found it out right along with y'all. We found it out along with everybody else. And, like, honestly, I don't know a single... I know journalists who've been like, yeah, the inside dirt I'm hearing from my sources. Nobody knew shit for sure. At all. Nobody knew this... Nintendo really managed to have a leak-free outside of, like, the form factor of this thing, but Nintendo themselves have said, like, yeah, it's gonna be a hybrid of a home and portable console. You know, the Switch name? Nobody knew that. Nobody. It was a total surprise. It was a total surprise, which I love. I love that we can still be surprised. It's super cool. Uh, and you know what? Maybe maybe Jeremy Renner will surprise me. Maybe Jeremy Renner will be like, check out this beard. Check out and the sweet like, beard that I cultivated. I'll be like, holy shit, Jeremy Renner, you look really good with a beard, I dog. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. So. Yeah, but what if he had like a Kenneth Branagh in Wild Wild West beard? Oh, Jesus. Where it was like all spindly? Stop. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Stop. Oh my god. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> Susie, can I cut my beard no, like that? No, you cannot. <laughs> I'm gonna cut my beard like that. No. I'm gonna come back on the stream next oh week. I'm gonna have a Kenneth Branagh beard. Stop everybody. it! That's how Wait, we're who, gonna do it. Who did Kenneth Branagh play in in that? He was a bad guy. Okay, that's with what, the with the giant answer. spider. Yeah, with the giant, yeah. giant mechanical spider. <laughs> he had like spider. a he had like a spider on his his goatee was like his beard was like a spider. Yeah, which is which yeah, is not to be confused with his hat is like a shark's fin. It's not like his <laughs> so hat is like a shark. Fin. There's our slow jam. There's our slow jam for next week, everybody. <laughs> Deepest blues. My head is like a shark fin. That's it. We gotta. We'll see you next week, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>